0: Welcome to Lightways Astrology with me, Anna Isabel, and my guest today is Roy Gillett, the President of the Astrological Association of Great Britain. Welcome, Roy.
1: Hello. Welcome to everyone who's listening.
0: (laughs) It's really very nice to have you back. And this time um, you are here to talk a little bit about mundane astrology, just leading up to your appearance at the Astrology Lodge on the 1st of November. So I thought it might be a nice place to start to ask you what is mundane astrology?
1: Um, well it is one of the most ancient ways of using astrology. It was used by the Babylonians 5,000 years ago and as uh, Um, particularly we know the Jupiter-Saturn, those are into astrology, we know the Jupiter-Saturn cycle of 20 years and the uh, variations of that cycle. So you get certain things repeating every three years, every three cycles, and then uh, uh, another cycle in different signs every 200 years and so on. That sort of knowledge was used to advise kings in the ancient Babylonian times. And intrinsically, it's about using astrology to understand what the pressures are um, that we're going through on a day-to-day basis. Now, I mean, I could talk for a very long time at this point to illustrate what I mean by that. I mean, we have Pluto taking 246 years to go around the Zodiac and going through 12 signs, not always in the same length of time in each sign. And that indicates the way that society will traumatically change um, examples like if you think of the change between uh, uh, when Pluto moved to Gemini and the change of knowledge at the beginning of the 20th century, and also more recently, think of how, um, how society has gone through traumatic upheaval since 2008 to 9 when Pluto moved into Capricorn. Uh, all these things are uh, understandable in advance by astrologers. And if used to put against what's going on, it makes life much easier to lead because you understand what's going on, uh, what's lies behind, and therefore you're much wiser on how to handle it. You're not struggling to achieve the impossible at the wrong time. I could go on for a long time, but that's just the start as to what mundane astrology is and how valuable it can be to us.
0: When we're looking at mundane astrology, can you talk a little bit about? how each country experiences these transits.
1: Well, I think we first always understand. I was just jumped from Jupiter, Saturn to Pluto, and you really understand. There's also a cycle of Neptune, which is the cycle of spiritual understanding and and culture and the artistic um, um, taste uh, that changes from generation to generation. And Uranus, which is about the upheaval and the humanitarian and uh, scientific developments from age to age. So you've got all these underlying social trends and then the triggers of uh, uh, the inner planets that activate certain events that happen connected with these basic social trends so that's what i'm talking about now come back to your question could you ask it again please Anna?
0: so that's the general outline yeah that there's cycles and that's the outer planets kind of set the trend if you like and mm. then the inner planets act as the timing mechanism by which the energy is released perhaps on a
1: year-to-year month-to-month basis and then the daily turning of the earth and the cycles connected with that and the moon's transit can actually trigger things to happen at particular times uh, so th- th- this is what mundane astrology is but you were saying it's value or in countries to do with yes. countries weren't you so, yeah.
0: yes so we have that outline and now how does that interact with specific countries
1: yeah well uh, obviously each country uh, has points in its history when it emerged as that country uh, like um in britain we tend to take 1066 as a crucial turning point uh we're gonna have a long historical discussion to say why um again there was another moment in the 18th century when uh, Although the Scottish king became the British king at the death of Elizabeth I, uh, we did, it was still two separate countries until the 18th century, where they actually combined. There was a union between the um, Scotland and Britain, and then in 1801 you had a, a formal union, uh, even more emphasis in that. And then um, in 1929, you get the uh, division, the separation of the Southern Ireland and uh, the Northern Ireland in the United Kingdom. So each of those dates can be taken like a birth chart, you would for an ordinary individual. And then you compare the transits to that, or you can even develop that as birth charts um, uh, with by progression. Those of you who know a bit of astrology will know a sec- what a secondary progression is. You can secondary progress a, a chart. For example, take the United States of America that was born in 1776. Next year, on February the 10th, I think it is, or the 14th, one of those two dates, it, it, Pluto comes back to the, for the first time to the position it was when the country was born. So. Um, That country has a Pluto return. So, you know, that only happens to America. And that's why the trauma that America's going through at the moment and will go through next year as the um, social and political climate heats up is going to be very special for the whole world to see. So, you know, the chart of the birth or the origins of the nation uh, uh, against the transits or progressions of the moment, that's why it's individual. I mean, England's gone through so much trauma because of uh, uh, transits of Capricorn uh, on its um, axis, the midheaven ascendant axis, for example. And we can go into detail on that.
0: And that's the point here, is remembering then, um, for those who are new to astrology, that... It's not just people who have birth charts, countries also, and same transits that affect people individually will affect. The country collectively as exactly.
1: well. Exactly. And also the organizations have. So, like organizations that care for people, charities, um, non governmental organizations, uh, and uh, businesses. I mean, people are into a, a financial astrology. Look at the birth of the FTSE index. Yeah, so financial institutions have charts, and people who do financial astrology. Um, actually do what I've just said. They relate the transits uh, uh, of, to a particular company. If they see Jupiter coming onto to its heaven they may see that it may have a particular high public profile. If they see Jupiter moved its second house, they might see an expansion in finance and so on. So it can be used in so many different ways.
0: I've been looking at the Chiron transits at the moment and it's been conjunct the UK's north node. Aries. It's in the seventh house. And I, I've just been thinking of that in terms of international relations as well. And um, it, I mean, it, it's possible that there's something important here for us to learn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is um, it, it's very interesting. I haven't got the timing of when this is actually happening, but it's this year, of course, in fact, next month that the COP26 meeting is happening in Glasgow. And if you like Chiron being about wounds and, uh, uh, about the healing of wounds or the potential to heal wounds once they're recognised. It, inter- and it's also the North Node, if you look at it from a more Eastern point of view, is about an overreaching arrogance in a way, not just a point of advantage as we always were taught that many years ago. So the North Node being aspiring almost beyond possibility to heal is what Britain's trying to do by holding that conference next month. And mm. one hopes it works Because it really is desperately needed for a world that's going through so much trauma, particularly since the 2020 Pluto um, concentration of planets in Capricorn, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto in Capricorn, which really shook the world and all its assumptions about itself uh, to the very roots.
0: So if we, as we're talking about planets, we've been talking about it in the context of mundane astrology, but you also have a book out. Yeah. Yeah. Working with the planets, clearer understanding, better decisions. I love the title. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your book, please.
1: Yeah, well, the um, uh, for the last well since March two thousand and two, I've been writing uh, a column called "Working with the Planets" for the Astrological Diary a, a Journal, which is the uh, journal of the Astrological Association in over here in Great Britain. Um, Prior to that, I uh, have been writing uh, mundane comments, Mm -hmm. interpreting each day, uh, initially in diaries that came out, first of all, in 1978 and right the way through into 1990. There's a slight pause after that. So, um, you know, I'm fairly familiar with uh, the relationship between astrological cycles and events that happen on the planet and particularly having written the um, working with the planet since 2002 every two months. Um, I thought it would be interesting to look back on those, which I've kept them, fortunately, coffees. And I've kept the original copy that I sent to the journal. So what I thought was i would take that original copy and put it into extracts into a book and add some commentary to it so that people and also some historical references of events that were happening that I might have been thinking about when I wrote that at the time and give people a chance to see quite simply how valuable would it have been if the people who made the decisions of the last 20 years have been listening and looking to the astrology and not only looking at the astrology, because lots of people can interpret astrology in different ways. It depends on the motivation. So there's another element of what I have when I do my astrology, and that is my study of um, Tibetan Buddhism. And the essence of Tibetan Buddhism is the development of compassion and the realization that all creatures and all beings are worthy of compassion not only worthy of it, but should receive compassion. And that um, therefore, with astrology, we get to know the exact nature, not only of people, but of institutions and events. And then if we approach that understanding with compassion, um, then um, we may well um, sort of be able to make friends where there were enemies and heal problems where there were really irresoluble problems to solve. Uh, It's funny, last night I was looking back on Star Trek Voyager and there's this series where these very handsome and young and brave tribe are at war with an ugly, horrible sort of looking enemy. It turns out that the beautiful people were the problem and they were creating the war and the ugly people were not doing it at all. And, you know, I think this is really one of the great things about astrology you can learn. And what I'm trying to do with this book is let people look at what I said at the time, and what was going on at the time, and then see what's happened since, and then look back and see how things may have been very different if we used the advice of astrology. So if it does that, uh, it's there always as a document of uh, what was done. If it does that this year, next year, next decade, next century, it's going to stand there as an example of what astrology can do to help the world.
0: And we always say hindsight is a wonderful thing. Well, it is. And and this is the benefit, I think, of your book, is giving us the opportunity to use hindsight to become a little bit wiser.
1: Well, it's not. You see, this is the point. Um, They say hindsight. But, um, you know, this is not about hindsight, really. It's about what I saw at the time. Look exactly. back at what I saw at the time. Yeah. Now, they always say, Oh, you astrology, all very good at saying what happened in the past, but everybody knows what happened in the past. Yeah, they yeah. can always yeah. manipulate the transits to make them fit. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't manipulate the transits to make them fit. I said what I said at the time, and it worked out as it did. Now, who was right? The person who said we should have gone into war with Iraq, or the person who said we should, uh, even after 9 11? Be compassionate and try and understand why nine eleven had happened. You know who was right, who were, who would have, who would whose advice led to the happiest conclusion. And there's so many examples like that in the book. And it's up to people to judge the value of it. But it's not hindsight; it's the opposite if, of hindsight.
0: You're not writing it from the benefit of hindsight but no. we will be reading it with the benefit of hindsight. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So hindsight helps. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Thank you. I get That's
0: my point that <laughs> yeah. we, we mm. will be reading it with the benefit of hindsight and yeah. hopefully using that to become a little bit wiser.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully at least listen to us, at least try and understand what astrology is saying. Like, what is it saying at the moment, as we come out of this unique uh, uh, concentration, this build up to that horrible 2020 year when Saturn, Uranus, sorry, Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto were in Capricorn, and Uranus was in Taurus, never happened since 3838 BCE, that's for 5,000 years. What, 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 what How are we coming out of that now? How are we struggling with Saturn square Uranus right now making us think we can just go back we can just go back we just throw a bit of money we can go back to where we were um yet yeah, jupiter saturn Um, conjunction start a new cycle in uh, the winter solstice 2020 desperately trying to get a new way of looking at things you see this in the climate uh, meeting next month as well so there's this struggle between can we go back to the past how do we go on to the future we spent all the money how do we deal with it this is the situation we're in you look at the transits you can see that this year has been a a year of struggle next year is going to um, see if we can feel our way out of it by the empathy we feel with Jupiter in Pisces. And then the years that follow that, the 2023, is a lighter year where we begin to see we do have to change the way we do things. And then the middle of the decade, sensational change into air and fire and a sort of complete new technological revolution coming. You can see all this in advance. So why don't you use your policy decisions and your personal decisions, your own life to prepare meaningfully for what's coming, not desperately try to go back to the past.
0: And there we have it. So (laughs) if you um, would like to learn more about mundane astrology, then the, Thing to do is to join the talk with the astrological lodge on the 1st of November to see Roy mm-hmm. and equally I aside from putting that link into the description accompanying this podcast I will also be putting a link to Roy's website so that you can find um, your way to buying the book mm-hmm. and Roy tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. at yeah,
1: the lodge. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yes, the, the 1st of November, and uh, the, also the there are one hour sessions. And then there's another one on the uh, following week, Monday, the 8th, and the one the following week. So there's uh, three sessions all together. And the first session uh, will be an introduction with uh, some of the ethical foundation. And we mm-hmm. will look at this outer planets, I just threw a lot of information at you in the interview. but We look at systematically at how the outer planets have determined social developments and change over a very considerable period of time coming down to where we are today and how we can work with them. The second session will show how the inner planets and the daily movements of the angles and the moon um, actually trigger events and with examples of that. And then when the third session, we'll be applying that very much to social and individual situations, particularly looking at particular natures of leadership and how they react to the astrology, plus anything that the... uh, group who have been listening through the whole session, series of teachings, want to bring up. So it's a very thorough introduction to mundane astrology. This interview just been throwing bits and pieces at you, but if you want to systematically learn it, it's a good way to start at the Lodge.
0: Wonderful. And so that's uh, three parts, which is, uh, gives you plenty of time to go into, into detail
1: yeah, I won't so be we... rushing at it and talking so much, <laughs> throwing so much at you. It goes through steady, systematic introduction to this thing from beginning to end and the basic structure of how you do it.
0: So the link to that will be on the description accompanying the podcast, as will a link to your website um, so that people can find your book. If people wanted to contact you, Roy, is your website the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. You, the, you'll find that on the website, if you click through, I mean, I'm very much into clicking pictures and going to new bits and that. So if you click through, you can see lots of example pages from the books and uh, also some software we sell, I sell solar fire software. But if you want to get in touch with me, if you scroll down to the bottom of any page on my website, you get a contact option. And there you've got my phone and email address to write to
0: wonderful roy gillett thank you so much for speaking to us on lightways today
1: thank you for having me
0: and next week we will be talking about jupiter thank you for joining us and do remember to follow so that you have access to all of the interviews on lightways until next time goodbye